How did the Buccaneers get to three and one? And where do they go from here? That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this live episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I am James Yarko at Jarko underscore Bucks. He is David Harrison at dharrison82. We are your credentialed members of the media covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm the deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. David is a staff writer over at BucksGameDay.com, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we are here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers, our every livers, And of course, we want to share our appreciation for your continued support of the show. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL, all lowercase, for our first deposit match up to $100. On today's episode of Locked On Bucks, we are going to be revisiting and resetting our team superlatives and our regular season record projections, updating with uh, new information. New new quarter or one quarter of football is is in in the uh, in the history books. We've got a whole lot of new information, and we'll see how that impacts the way we see things going uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But first, we're going to start off by taking a look back at the first quarter of the season. And James, uh, I believe I owe you a minute to uh, do take your lap, buddy. Okay, well, I mean, it's we'll say it's a half lap because you go back, you go back to our our first quarter preview, and you did indeed pick the Buccaneers to start one and three before this bye week, having them beat, I believe it was just the Saints, maybe, or it yeah, might have been Saints. the Eagles. I had them starting zero and three, and then beating the Saints to okay. end the first quarter of the season. Yeah, so. That was that was rough. Now, I only picked them to start two and two. I had to beat the Vikings and the Bears and then lose to the Eagles and the Saints before heading into the bye. But as we were, you know, kind of putting this episode together, we kind of realized that both of us pivoted away from those initial predictions. Like you were you were the first to pivot. You the our our preview episode, you picked the Buccaneers to beat the Vikings. And of course, I gave you tons and tons of grief for initially picking the Bears to win. You pivoted from that. I pivoted away from the Saints loss. So really, on our game preview episode predictions, we are both 4-0 on the season. So it's not a full victory lap, but let's just say I had a little more faith to start the season than you did. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a fair assessment. You know what I mean? I had some more questions. I kind of I kind of took the prove it method. Uh, you know what I mean? But I think I don't want to pat myself on the back, but to my credit, it didn't take long for them to prove it to me. And and that's why I uh 
uh, I, I, uh, I went back and kind of changed things. Demon Hunter says he was four, uh, predicted four. No, I, I like that. I like that confidence. So here's something Danny mentions, uh, or not Danny, sorry, Daytona dad mentions David, are you moving to Tampa permanently now? So I, I may or may not have said something on a recent episode of lockdown bucks referring to the Washington commanders and how there's no way they were going to lose the Chicago bears. And if they did that, I would be moving to Florida. Um, I spoke to my wife this morning and, and, uh, I got, I've got, I've got called out on this multiple times, which I think is awesome. But uh, I suppose my wife, that is, that's not happening guys. That's not, I'm sorry. That's not happening. Um, but I appreciate all of you for holding me accountable because somebody, <laughs> somebody around this commander's area needs to be held accountable. I'll just, I'm just going to leave it at that, but this is locked on bucks. So uh, we're going to go through the four games. That was, uh, that's already been played, how this team got to three and one. And we've kind of themed each game. So James, uh, let's start with week one, a win in Minnesota. And, and the way that uh, I, we titled the theme here is a little bit of a throwback to Tom Brady. Back when he was with the New England Patriots, he started this chant of we're still here because apparently he thought that everybody thought the Patriots were gone for some reason, which wasn't a thing. But we uh, are titling week one's win against the Minnesota Vikings. Defense is still here. Three takeaways against the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, Vikings fans, no matter what you say, three takeaways for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense uh, to get that first win of the season. Yeah, and they they set the tone, right? You 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 see, it's week one. There's the jitters. You're in you're inside of um, you know, U.S. Bank Stadium or Arena, whatever whatever they call it. Uh, you're in a very loud dome, and the offense is is trying to find their way. Dave Canales, as a play caller, is trying to find his way, and that first half was ugly, and it was the defense that stepped up, kept the Vikings you know at bay. And and allowed the offense to find their groove in the second half. So kind of the the early quarter theme uh, that, that we're gonna get, is going to be recurring throughout this is it's been basically on the shoulders of the defense keeping the Buccaneers in games for as long as they have. But that's what set the tone right there in Week One for the season was that the defense was going to be relentless, opportunistic, and they were going to take your you know, take your possessions away and uh, it was going to be slow and, and painful for opposing offenses. Yeah. I mean, three takeaways, that's three extra possessions for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, essentially uh, going the other way. Week two, a win over the Chicago Bears, basically titling this one offense, getting comfortable. Baker Mayfield, first 300 yard game uh, as mm -hmm. a Buccaneers quarterback, uh, Mike Evans, 170 plus finding the end zone. Uh, you know, the, the biggest play of the game, obviously, right? The Shaquille Barrett interception, uh, there at the end of the game. But I think that this game, when you look at it and you look back on it, really kind of this is where the offense kind of started hitting a little bit of their stride very early on in the season. Yeah, and it's it's where we started to see shades of the run game coming together a little bit. We've we've had kind of an every other week uh, affair with this Buccaneers run game, but it was easily the most complete game by the offense through two weeks because the pass game was working, the run game was working, and and things were starting to click a little bit. So it was, you know, you're right. The the big the big moment obviously was Shaq Barrett's first career touchdown. Um, but it was it was the offense that really got them, you know, in a position to where they could say, All right, we've done our job. Defense, it's on you to put this thing away. Yep, absolutely. And we go to week three, and unfortunately, that's the first loss of the season, the only loss so far this season, uh, losing Monday Night Football against the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and the theme for that one, fool's gold, right? We, we saw a lot of good defense early on. We saw some good offense early on. And then that Philadelphia Eagles game kind of makes you wonder, was it all really real? 
or was it a matter of who uh, the Buccaneers were playing? But then, James, we get into week four against the New Orleans Saints, and, you know, it doesn't matter whose roster is up, whose roster is down. That's always going to be a hard battle. Uh, and the title for that one, I think this is my favorite theme of the entire first four games of the year. Big, easy, non-rivalry win because, uh, I don't know, even though Cameron Jordan spends his entire offseason doing nothing but talking about the Buccaneers, they still try to insist that this is not a rivalry. Well, Cam Jordan said himself, it has to be competitive in order for it to be a rivalry. Well, under Todd Bowles, uh, the Buccaneers are 3-0 against the New Orleans Saints, and uh, therefore it's not really competitive. Not and competitive. It's That's not fair. really a rivalry. The the Bucks own the Saints. That is that is the headline for this one. So, yeah, I mean that was that was a big statement victory for the Bucks heading into the bye. And and we've complained about the bye being early since the schedule came out. Now you take a look; it, it comes at the perfect time with all the injuries piling up. These guys can get healthy and come out against a very tough Detroit Lions team next week. So we are going to turn the page to what is the Buccaneers' record going to be? The rest of the way, we're going to tell you that next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs, and let me tell you, Bird Dogs make you look great. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look, and they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches to give you a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement and they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that helps keep you cool and dry all day long i love my bird dog shorts and starting this weekend here at home i'll get to bust out my bird dogs joggers as uh we're not going to get out of the 50s all week so and of course I've already told you that uh, my son stole the last pair of bird dog shorts that came to my house and they immediately became his favorite pair. Uh, yeah, David, there's no question the bird dogs are legit. So you all need to go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Thanks for being a Locked On Bucks, your first listen or your first view today and every day. Every day is, again, big thank you from us to you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Football season is here, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL kickoff live every Friday. Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern, so it's already happened uh, by the time we're doing this. Every Locked On NFL YouTube channel is going to get this episode. Host Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked on NFL kickoff live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked on NFL YouTube channel. And uh, because YouTube is really cool, even if you missed it live at 2 p.m. Eastern, you can still check it out anytime you want to before the games get started. Now, James... We've got to make our projections for the rest of the season, but we're going to start off with the second quarter. Now, as you all know, the uh, the uh, the NFL now has these NFL teams and players playing 17 regular season games, 18 regular season weeks, which means you don't have a clean 4-4-4-4 breakdown 
of quarters. So there's got to be an extra game in there somewhere. We are going to add that extra week into this episode because uh, we've got four games, uh, week five by week. So that's where we're going to eat up an extra week here. So we are actually going to week that's nine, not week eight in our next quarter of the season, so to speak. And James, week five is a bye week. So I think we both have uh, the Buccaneers not losing this game, correct? That's a big dub. Big dub. Just don't start any of your Bucks players in fantasy. Yes, do not. Every Bucks player is a sit. And if you're angry about us for saying that, come back and watch more episodes because you you need our help. Uh, week six versus the Detroit Lions. James, what say you? Creamsicles, Detroit Lions, tough ankle biters. Um, DeAndre Swift doing great things, but not in Detroit anymore. So what do you what do you think happens here? Uh, I do think this is a Buccaneers win. This is that old NFC central rivalry, you know, shades of those creamsicles chasing down Barry Sanders. But you take a look at the Lions. They they are good. They are impressive. I've been uh, extremely critical of Jared Goff, and I think he's playing really well. But now, now you got Amon Ra St. Brown not only dealing with a toe injury, he's dealing with an abdominal injury. He may not play this week. You know, who knows how long that injury is going to linger. They obviously don't know how to utilize Jameer Gibbs. Uh, the Lions utilization of Jameer Gibbs for as high of a draft pick as he was is equal to that of the Falcons usage of Kyle Pitts. And it's very confusing. I do think uh, Ray J is going to be jumping with all the creamsicles in in the crowd. And uh, it's going to be a good game. But I think I think the Bucks win this one. Yeah, it is going to be a good game, but I think at the end of the day, you know, you got to look at who the better quarterback is, and I think right now Baker Mayfield is playing at a better clip uh, than Jared Goff is. I think that the weapons are better on the uh, on the Baker side of things. Jameer Gibbs certainly a weapon, and let's just hope they don't figure out how to use him there. Um, and then the defenses. I like the Buccaneers' defense over the Lions' defense. So uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means, but I, too, also have the Detroit Lions winning or the Detroit Lions, the Buccaneers beating the Lions and winning that game week seven, staying at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Taylor Heineke most likely uh, going to be leading the Falcons into Ray J. And I will tell you that if you go to that game, uh, Taylor Heineke playing football is a lot of fun to watch. But typically, if you've had an opportunistic defense, it also means a couple of turnovers. So I think the Buccaneers win that game as well. Yeah, Taylor Heineke one and one as a starter against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost that uh, that playoff game on the Super Bowl run and then beat the Buccaneers out of a bye a couple of years ago in what might have been one of the most uh, shocking losses of the Tom Brady era. But uh, yeah, the Falcons stink. Yeah. Uh, Bijan Robinson's really good. Uh, they need yeah, to trade yeah. Kyle Pitts. Um and basically, other than that, the Falcons stink. Bucks win. That's that's an easy one. Uh, <laughs> for the, for the, the Taylor Heineke thing is not a report. It's pretty much been my consistent trash talking to Desmond Ritter all season is that Taylor Heineke will eventually start for the Falcons. But I mean, hey, it could, it could honestly happen. I know some Falcons fans want it to happen, so we'll see. Yeah, uh, it it would be interesting. I I still like Desmond Ritter from his time at UC, but he is just not getting it done uh, at the NFL level yet. Yeah but probably yeah. not at all. Uh, coming up after that Falcons game, the Buccaneers are on the road. Another primetime game against another marquee opponent traveling to Buffalo to take on Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Von Miller, and the rest of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, David, this one's a loss, man. I just, I don't, barring any crazy injuries that may happen over the course of the next couple of weeks, I don't see a path to the Buccaneers winning in Buffalo against that team. Yeah, 
one more time. Desmond Ritter did not get benched. That's me <laughs> trash talking. I'm a big Taylor Heineke guy. Not a very good quarterback, but he's a great dude. So I just I talk a lot of trash for my guy Taylor. That's the only reason that came up. Taylor Heineke is not starting for the Falcons yet, but he very well could be soon. Um, Thursday night, Buffalo Bills. Look, if the Bears can beat the Commanders, the Bucks can certainly beat the Bills. But I'm predicting a Bills win, so that's that's the loss I've got for this next quarter of games. Week nine at Houston. Uh, you know, super happy with C.J. Stroud has been doing. I'm even happier that I can finally get Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and the teams that they went to in the draft correct um, after all this time. But uh, the Buccaneers are going to win that game. I mean, that that Bucks defense is just too good. And Nico Collins, you know, I've been I, I've liked him since I saw him at the Senior Bowl because that's when I can push aside collegiate uh, alliances. But it's not going to be enough. The the Bucks are going to get that win in week nine. Yeah, Houston has been kind of a surprise, and maybe, maybe C.J. Stroud is going to be the first Ohio State Buckeye quarterback that gets me to ease off of my Buckeye quarterback uh, criticism and uh, truth telling. But yeah, I I don't see I don't see Houston winning this one. I think the Buccaneers are better front to back than Houston is. But again, C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins, Tank Dell. Uh, yeah, they they've they've been impressive this year. I'm I'm kind of surprised. Houston's a, a fun team to watch. So, David, we we take a look at our second quarter projection recap. Uh, you know, you had the Bucks starting one and three in our preview episode. I had them at two and two. Now we both have them at three and one following uh, the second quarter of games, which would put them at six and two on the year after nine weeks. I mean, come on. Who wouldn't love to see who wouldn't love to see that? You know what I'm saying? Like, look, we, uh, we got this whole media thing. We don't cheer and we're not fans and all this other stuff. But look, we cover the Buccaneers. We do a daily Buccaneers podcast. Well, James does a daily Buccaneers podcast. I do it three <laughs> times a week, sometimes two times a week Buccaneers podcast. You guys are obviously fans, but we don't want to come here and talk losing football. If anybody in the media says like, man, I really hope I get to talk about a Bucks loss this weekend. They need to find a new job. Like, bottom line, go find a new job because you're a miserable human being. So bottom line is every media member, if you're covering a team, you should be wanting that team to win. You can not be a fan. That's fine. But you should be wanting them to win for the purposes of just talking good football, right? Six and two after nine weeks would be amazing. So what does that mean for the rest of the season, though? So, James, in our initial look at the Buccaneers season, because of my one in three start that I did project, I had this team winning nine games. And I said back then, the great thing about my projection is if they prove me wrong in the first quarter of the season, this is a double-digit win team. So when you look at the rest of these games versus the Titans, at San Francisco, at Indianapolis, versus the Panthers, at Falcons, at Packers, versus Jags, versus Saints, at Panthers, I got 12 wins, buddy. I got this Buccaneers team at 12-5 and five now. And honestly, the math works out because I had them at nine wins. They won three or two of the three games that I did think they were going to win in the beginning or during the offseason. I've bumped them three wins since then. So I've actually given them an extra game. That's how much more confidence I have in them. 12 and five. I mean, the Falcons game, look, there's a potential that could be a trap game. You get the Bills coming up four days later. It's going to be really easy for this team to overlook them, especially if they come out of the Detroit game with the win. They're going to be feeling really good about themselves. So you have to worry about the Falcons trap game. The Titans are very, very physical. Then you've got the 49ers who are very, very physical and athletic. So they're going to run you all over the place. Then you got to go into a road match against the Indianapolis Colts. That complicates things there. So, you know, don't don't overestimate the, the potential of, of injuries and, and fatigue kind of building up there. And then again, 
what a Jordan Love of the Green Bay Packers and what a Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars look like in December. So those are some potential pitfalls because if we were to face, if we if we were to cover the Buccaneers facing each of these teams today, honestly, James, I'd put them at 14 wins. But because of the way the schedule works out, because of some of those physical games coming into short weeks, doing all these other things, um, I do think that there's there you got to leave some room for some some unexpected things to happen. So 12 and five, but 12 and five is amazing. Yeah, I I remember doing our our full season prediction and I had the Bucks at 10 and seven. And I remember saying at the time, I don't know how I feel about that. It feels like too many wins. And now I got them at 12 and five, man. I have them. I have them losing, you know, the, the rest of that schedule outside of that. The Bills game that we've already talked about. I do have them losing to the 49ers. The 49ers are arguably the best team in all of football. Um, and then I still have the Packers marked as a loss. And that's strictly based on playing in Lambeau in December. How are they going? How are the Bucks going to react to that? How are they going to do in that situation? Uh, yeah. Historically, those kinds of games have not gone well for them. Uh, so it's big that, that both of those games are on the road. Uh, however, I will say this, watch out for the Colts game. My son swears up and down that the Buccaneers are going to lose to the Indianapolis Colts because I'm planning on being there. And as all of our everydayers and every livers know, I have yet to cover a Buccaneers win in person. So yeah. that could need to go be a defund me. For James Jarko. We need to go defund me for James Jarko to prevent that from happening. So, but yeah, this is now, now looking back, your nine wins, my 10 wins for this Buccaneers team. It's like, man, we were, we were lowballing these guys. Um, so it's good things are ahead as long as the Buccaneers can get healthy and stay healthy. But of course, we are talking about games that are happening all the way, you know, in December. And a lot can change between now and then. But David, we've got our records. Now we need to review and reset our team superlatives. That's coming up next here on Locked on Bucks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and they are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you can pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in 60 seconds or less. And for Thursday Night Football, David went with Commanders quarterback Sam Howell to eclipse more than 250 and a half yards of offense, running back Brian Robinson Jr., who tanked my fantasy team, to gain more than 65 and a half yards rushing, and for Bears quarterback Justin Fields to throw more than half of an interception. Price Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Wrap 
wrapping things up here on a live Friday edition of Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison. Uh, we are we're taking our victory laps of where we were right. We are trying to correct things where we were wrong, and we are going to take a look at our picks for our superlatives that we did back when we previewed the first quarter of the NFL season. So let's start on the offensive side of the ball, David, and uh, talk about offensive player of the year. Yeah, well, I want to start with Zachary, actually, who's in the okay. comments saying, are yes. we talking about playoffs? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Yes, we are talking about playoffs. Yeah, Tampa Bay well, Buccaneers it, playoffs, to be, to be exact. We got Demon Hunter in the chat uh, as as well. Oh, Zach, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is a different Packers team that everyone is used to saying, but for a long time, it hasn't mattered what the opposing team's record was when it was, when it was real cold. The Bucs just tended to not play well. But we, yeah, we do have Demon Hunter in the chat telling me that I'm not allowed to go to the Colts game. I'm telling you, go defund James Jarko. Go um, defund me. Somebody start that up. Yeah, no, I, unless my son's hockey team manager ends up scheduling us a tournament that weekend, which they're talking about doing. No, I fully intend on, on going to the Colts game. Lucas Hoyle. As you should. Of, Lucas Hoyle is one of the best facilities yeah. uh, in the NFL. Anytime I have the opportunity to go, I absolutely will do that. Yeah, as you should, as you should. Nobody, nobody here is superstitious. Not at all. That there. Not, not going to say the rest of it. Offensive player of the year. When we started this thing, I actually went bold. And I said, you know what? Quarterback Baker Mayfield. And I said it like I do with a grain of salt because I always said it's not that I thought Baker Mayfield was necessarily going to ball out. It was that Baker Mayfield was going to be the offensive player of the year because he was basically going to dictate whether this thing went well or this thing went off the rails. He has done well. But my new offensive player of the year after one quarter of the season, James, is left tackle, all pro caliber left tackle. Tristan Wirfs. He has answered everybody's questions, including his own. Remember, he himself even admitted that he had some doubts about whether or not he could do this when he first found out he was going to be doing this. He has answered himself. He has answered the fans, the media, any criticizers, any doubters of this move. Tristan Wirfs, all pro caliber, left tackle. Uh, I mean, offensive player of the year, man. Has to be. Yeah, I mean, and, and go back to when we've been talking about him making that switch, and I said over and over and over, if he is 80% on the left side, what he is on the right side, you are still talking about a top five left tackle in the NFL. He is 95% on the left side, what he was on the right side, because there's still room for improvement, and the dude is killing it. Tristan Wirfs, absolutely fantastic pick, and you know, full disclosure, as we were getting ready for the show, I got mad that you had picked Tristan Wirfs because I was like, that's my guy. But that left the door open for me to take your guy previously and to me, offensive player of the year. It, it's Baker Mayfield. He is exceeding all expectations. He is silencing most critics. As I've mentioned on this show, if you're still bashing and criticizing Baker Mayfield, it's because you want him to fail because you don't like him. It has nothing to do with his play on the field. It has nothing to do with his camaraderie with his teammates. I'm sure a lot of you saw that clip of Jason Light on, on Peter Schrager's podcast talking about Baker's a dude. He is a dude and the, his teammates love him. Um, so yeah, Baker is, is crushing it, but let's go ahead and move over to defensive player of the year. My preseason pick was Levante David, and I'm changing that to Antoine Hemfield Jr. 
need I say more? Like I can just say Antoine no. Hemfield Jr. and I'm done. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree with you because he was my defensive player of the year pick. He was for the season. So I, I appreciate you swooping him out. You know, whatever. Uh, I'm going Shaquille Barrett. So first of all, it's Antoine Winfield Jr., right? But if I have to go with the runner-up, I'm going Shaquille Barrett. And and honestly, uh, even if it's just for the way he's returned, he's looked really good. Only one sack so far, but he's got a good amount of pressures. Uh, he's getting, he's he's making his mark. And then, of course, you've got the interception return for a touchdown to seal one of these victories here in the first quarter. So if I can't have Antoine, I'm going with Shaq, and we'll see where it goes from there. Rookie of the year. My rookie of the year coming into this thing was wide receiver, wide receiver Trey Palmer. Certainly has done some good things. Certainly deserves uh, some credit and some praise on his own, but I think the answer's got to be Christian Izzy, an undrafted free agent. DB uh, becomes a starter in the NFL in his rookie season. Like uh, I remember when Quan Alexander became a starter in his first season, but he was actually drafted. Christian Izzy is doing it as an undrafted free agent. Meanwhile, we got first round draft pick DBs out there getting cooked on Thursday night football against DJ Moore. Whatever. Uh, Christian Izzy and rookie of the year. Yeah, my rookie of the year before the season was running back Sean Tucker. I thought he was going to get a lot of use. They were really excited about him. Instead, he has steadily declined each and every week. Uh, the real rookie of the year, and I'm cheating, but you know we make the rules so we can break them. It's offensive coordinator Dave Canales. This guy is getting better each and every week. He's doing a great job of figuring out tendencies, attacking weaknesses, and adjusting the game plan as the game is going on to put the Buccaneers in the best position to succeed. No doubt, uh, Dave Canales is absolutely crushing it to the point that there's already head coaching speculation surrounding him. Back off Chicago, he belongs in Tampa. Team MVP for the season, I said it was going to be Baker Mayfield. I'm not budging off of that. Right now, it is Baker Mayfield. He is on pace right now for career high in quarterback rating, career high in completion percentage, career high in passing yards, career high in touchdown to interception ratios. Baker Mayfield is crushing it right now, and he is a big reason that this team is 3-1. and one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, shout out to Danny coming through with the Hall of Fame comp on uh, Christian Izzian so far. I mean, I don't, I don't hate the bolt. I don't hate the boldness. Um, my my team MVP coming into the season was Vita Vea. We got a, a shout out for Vita being a defense player of the year. Certainly Vita Vea deserves to be in that conversation. My team MVP, kind of going out of your book, rookie of the year, I'm going Dave Canales. And the problem with this is that, yes, Dave Canales is getting a lot of attention. Uh, and he deserves it. And he earned it. And you know what? If he's got to leave, uh, maybe maybe I can cover him. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um but Dave Canales has done amazing. And the, the bottom line is Dave Canales is a first-year play caller. He's a first-year offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, and, and granted, he's been around some really successful coaches, but he's also got a brand-new quarterback, a brand-new roster he's got to learn. And if we're being honest, like if you look at what the Seattle Seahawks have done historically, especially with Dave Canales there, and you look what the Buccaneers have, they're not a one-for-one -one match. So Dave Canales has had to use some brain power and some football IQ to make the system work for what the players are uh, on the field. And, and it's, it's working. You know what I mean? Not every part of the offense is firing on all cylinders, but I don't know that you can have a new quarterback, new offense coordinator relationship go as smoothly as this one has. The biggest surprise of this season uh, so far for me, James, they're Baker Mayfield and Dave Canales. Again, that transition that we just talked about, speaking of smooth transitions, I'm going right into the next category. That is why Dave Canales is my team MVP so far. That is why Baker Mayfield obviously deserves to be in the MVP conversation, Offensive Player of the Year conversation. And you know what? After Geno Smith did what he did last year, if Baker Mayfield is not getting serious Comeback Player of the Year consideration at this point in time, uh, the NFL is crazy and has lost their minds.
Yeah, 100%. My biggest surprise so far this year has been the defensive dominance. We knew that this was a defense loaded with talent, but you're talking about you know one of the best um, turnover ratios in the National Football League. You were talking about multiple sacks and multiple takeaways in each game this year. And it's a it's a defense that has kept the Bucs in every game that they've played so far, even well into the second half against the Philadelphia Eagles when the offense could not get things going. Uh, the defense held on as long as they could before things started to unravel just because they were completely gassed. The offense wasn't staying on the field. So we knew that the defense was talented, but they are exceeding a lot of the expectations that we had for them coming into the season. Big name players are making big name plays, and that's what you need for a playoff caliber defense. What we want to see the most moving forward, I want to see more of the same on offense with Baker Mayfield being as efficient and accurate as he's been with Mike Evans lighting up the stat sheet, getting in the end zone on pace to go well above 1,000 yards and on pace for a career high in touchdown receptions. Imagine if his career high in touchdown receptions was from Baker Mayfield instead of Tom Brady, like it is right now. That's wild to think about. And again, we've talked about Dave Canales a lot, just his continued adjustments and his continued adaptation throughout games, keeping the offense humming, putting them in position to succeed. I want to see more of that moving forward, and I want to see it continue to grow as we get later into the season. Yeah, what I want to see moving into the next part of the season, uh, G Vegas, stop hacking my Google Drive, get out of my documents. Zion McCollum's continued development uh, as an NFL defensive back. Look, we talked about when he got drafted, uh, kind of warned you guys, like it might take a year, it might take it two years, might even take three years for Zion McCollum to really get up to the NFL speed. Uh, I think he's getting there a little bit faster than we even expected. He's not great. He's not perfect. He's not the best corner in the league or anything like that. But right now he's at the second highest coverage grade of all Bucks. Players on PFF, best in the secondary, uh, seven completions on 14 targets, less than 10 yards per reception, three PBUs, is tied for the team lead with Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, I would like to see his first career interception in these next four games, next five weeks. Can we please get the young man that incredibly happy with what Zion has been doing? So I really want to see Zion continue to do well. And look, a couple of live chatters have, have shouted out Luke Gadecki, uh and yeah. uh, uh, Cody Malk. I forgot his name for a second. Um, yeah. We haven't mentioned it, but certainly they deserve a hat tip of their own as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, you know, Bailey Adams, I had on on Thursday's episode. He talked a lot about Cody Malk and and Luke Gedicky on that episode. And in fact, uh, Danny, I see you in the chat. Do you see any players signing extensions during the season? Bailey and I talked about where a lot of that money is going to go on that episode. Make sure you go back and you check that out. But that is going to do it for this episode again we want to thank you for making locked on bucks your first listener view every single day every day make sure you are coming back on monday as we turn the page to lions week to throwback week and we get back into the swing of things uh as the buccaneers will return to action uh check out everything david's doing over at bucksgameday.com check out my work over at bucksnation.com follow everything on twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks at D Harrison 82. One more time, make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. We are we are reaching Derek Brooks subscribers. We're, we're coming up on that 5,500. Uh, get us there. And then you'll know every time we go live and you can join all the every livers in the chat. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. 
Thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'll be right back. 